98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. I got to say this before you start real quickly, Aaron. I, I don't know if everybody else feels like this, but the times when I am in my truck driving around and, and listening to this, um, I just, whether I'm hungry or not, you make me hungry. Like with the cheese and, and everything. It, I just question the um, combination of the all of number three with cheese and a, a large coffee. Well, yeah, those are people that don't really know Wolf. I've known Wolf for a long time, so that does not surprise me at all. No, that does not. The combination is just a little sus. Kevin, but. By the way, Kevin Ray had a front row seat to the dark day. Oh, I've heard. Just so everyone knows. Oh, Thank I've you. heard. <laughs> Starship Command. <laughs> well, this is Wolf and Down Your Lunch, where we take you through the top stories of the day, and I get your guys' reaction. Luke is somewhere. He's so mysterious, we don't know where he's at. I think he's at a concert, but... Having fun. Hopefully he is. So Kevin Ray's filling in for Luke, and then, of course, we got Wolf here on a football Friday. So Appreciate it, Mel. starting there, the Cardinals host the 4-0 Eagles on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. But a little alarming news that just came down. Oh, no. Cliff Kingsbury does not expect Rodney Hudson will play on Sunday. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. That's that's not good. DEFCON 4. Uh, that, <laughs> that's not good. I don't splatter easily. I don't. It doesn't sound like he has declared him out, but okay. I mean, him saying it doesn't look good, doesn't think he's going to play, kind of seems like he will be. Oh, no. I mean, my keys to the game start fast. That's going to make it harder to start fast for the Arizona Cardinals. Run the ball well. That's going to make it really hard to run the ball well against the Eagles. And that's their one Achilles heel. Stay balanced is number three. It's going to be hard to stay balanced if you're missing Rodney Hudson. That's, man, that's going to be nuts. Yeah, remember when I said Fletcher Cox likes to eat uh, running backs and quarterbacks? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, not pretty. But Zach Ertz is getting ready to face his former team for the first time since being traded to Arizona. So how are his emotions? I don't think the emotion has hit me. You know, it's been a lot of just viewing them for the next opponent. Um, I got a lot of good relationships still back there. Um, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletch BG. We played a lot of football together, eight-plus years together. Um, so when you're with people that long, it becomes more than just a football thing. It becomes more of a relationship, care about them and their family. Um, so from that perspective, it's going to be good to see those guys. Um, but on the field, it's going to be uh, me versus their defense. It's not going to be Zach versus the Eagles. Um, we just got to go out there and play a really good football game. Who's more likely to have a bigger game, Zach Ertz or Hassan Reddick? facing their former teams. Yeah, I just think it, it will be Hassan just simply because he, he's more in control of being able to impact the game. For, for Zach, he, as I said earlier, he can't throw the football to himself. Uh, now, can he become a great run blocker and, you know, all the technical things? But for fans, that doesn't show up 
uh, the, the way they view a game typically. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be much harder for Zach Ertz to actually shine in this game than Hassan Reddick. And one of the reasons why I say that, of course, is just the fact that Philadelphia's secondary is one of the best in the National Football League. It's not even close. They cover great. They rush the passer extremely well. They get after your quarterback, and your quarterback typically turns it over. They're in the top 10 in terms of interception rate in the National Football League. And the Cardinals are struggling right now. They're trying to find themselves offensively. So those two things don't add up to a good combination for Zach Ertz going out and dominating. Russell Wilson couldn't connect with Portland Sutton last night as the Broncos fell to the Colts in OT 12-9. That was all field goals, no touchdowns. Here's Russell Wilson after the game. It's very simple. I think at the end of the day, um, I got to be better. I got to play better. This team, you know, this defense played their, their butts off tonight. Um, we had some key good drives. We moved the ball, you know, in, in the red zone. We just didn't get to capitalize on some of them. There's some plays there, here and there, that we can that we can capitalize on. Um, you know, we were third and long again too too much. You know, um, that's always tough on offense, um, you know, and everything else when you're third and 15, third and 17, this and that. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, throwing two interceptions can't happen. Can't happen. You know, I let the team down tonight. And uh, but the good thing is, uh, one thing I know about myself is I'm going to respond. I don't know any other way. And, uh, you know, I, I always believe in myself. I always believe in this team. I believe in what we can do. I believe what I can do. What did you guys think about last night's game? Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> I honestly was looking at him like, Russ, can I talk to you? What what happened? <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, yeah. What? Where is Russell Wilson? Where is he? Who are you? Because you don't look like Russ. And I'm trying to figure that one out right now. What is going on with Russell Wilson? I, I, I don't know what to say about that. He just looks like a completely different dude yeah, this, since this, he showed up there. This game, just another example of, of him struggling, Nathaniel Hackett struggling as a head coach and, and play caller. Uh, I can happily say that I did not watch it. I was in an event last night. I would like to just quickly interject. I don't know where the remote is. That game is being replayed right now, and I Why? don't want that on. <laughs> so, if, if Jesse can, can turn the channel, I'm trying to keep my eyes down. I don't want my retinas to be burned. Who's watching that? <laughs> like, I just want to know the person that turns on their TV that's like, I want to watch this replay of the Thursday night game last night that was terrible. With yes. 17 punts and four turnovers. And once again, though, for the record, and I have said this, I enjoy a low-scoring game. As long as there's good ball that is going on. There was some bad football that was going on last night. Blocking and tackling. Um, just not good overall. And I enjoy any game. And that one, I could not find any goodness from that game last night, which is hard for me to admit. And the playoffs got underway this morning in baseball. The Guardians took game one against the Rays 2-1. The St. Louis Cardinals and Phillies are in action right now. Then later, you'll have the Mariners against the Blue Jays and the Padres going up against the Mets. Is there a team that you guys will be following closely this postseason? 
I would have to say, um, of course, anybody from the NL West, I'm going to be following them, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. Glutton for punishment, but it's one of those situations where, again, you want to see the guys that you've you've seen all season long, and you want to see whether or not they go out and actually perform the way that they should when it matters most. And we've seen an awful lot of the NL West this year. The other team in the AL that is interesting to me is the Guardians, and it's because of the name change. I will admit it. Yeah, I think uh, probably for me, going back to your to your NL West, it would be uh, the, the Padres. When you consider all the the money that they have dumped into this product, and it's it's a fan base that you know supportive but just starving for some kind of success, and it just it doesn't seem to matter because the Dodgers just keep printing money and spitting out players like they've got a three D printer in there. And, and once again, I just want to say this. I say it all the time, but this is, I'll watch any game. This is what when I love to watch baseball because the pace of the game actually works in its favor when suddenly it's a 2-1 game. Suddenly it is a game that is so huge, and yet there you are with a 12-pitch at-bat. <laughs> Give me that all day long. I hang on every pitch. I love watching October baseball. All right, that is wolfing down your lunch. As we transition here, what will be the key to the Cardinals-Eagles game coming up on Sunday? Wolf will give you his coming up next on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. about playing the game of football, of course, was the fact you could just scream. Just scream as loud as you wanted to scream anything on the field. And nobody cared. That was the best thing about it, guys. Nobody would look. <laughs> nobody cared. Well, oftentimes there were other guys screaming. Yeah, you're all fired up. Screaming at you, screaming with just you. scream and nobody cared. Screaming for you. I, I miss those days. Those careless tunnel time talks that we'd have from time to time. Just screaming at your teammate. Screaming at anybody. Screaming at fans. Yelling. <laughs> so when you wake up in the morning and you're walking down the hall to get that first cup of Joe, you, you don't know your queen doesn't no, you like know you to, to You scream. know me, Kay. You know that when I start talking about, especially the game of football, when I start talking about sports and competing, you know me. It, the intensity starts taking over because I don't look like this right. right? in my mind. I'm not fat and 59. Oh, no. No, suddenly I'm 24 and I got 8% body fat. And guess what? I am capable, dude. You are going to go down. Now, that doesn't mean you will go down because maybe I'll go down because I went down a lot, got hammered and killed on a football field often. But in your mind, someone is going down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I got up and I used to, man, there's no way I'd ever let you think, even if you killed me on a play, <laughs> that you got the best of me. <laughs> Can I just say that? And right now, I'm feeling that juice right now. 
I should be offended because a lot of people say to me, they come out, you're, you're so over the top. <laughs> you know, I'm offended by that. I'm like, you think what? I'm, I'm manufacturing this? Right. They don't get it, Kay. They don't get it. It's for real. I have conversations with people that I bump into from time to time, and your name will occasionally come up. <laughs> And I, He's and I always, so over the top. I, and, and yeah, and I will, I will laugh, and I will allow them to either dig their own grave, <laughs> or, or you got to allow them to, you got to allow, allow them to vent. Oh, completely. Got to say it completely. And then I always, you know, stand there and shake my head, and then I'll go. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> and then I watched the blood drain. We go the face. way, way back. No doubt about it. You man. want me to FaceTime him right now? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it, it it is it is true. It and that is one of the the beautiful parts of you know sports in general, but football yes. in particular. And, and while we're talking about going down, who's who's going down on Sunday? Uh, you got the Cardinals, unbeaten Eagles. Yeah, we. We all know what the Cardinals are capable of, uh, both both on the positive side and, you know, poor play. Um, we've yet to see the Eagles again lose. Now, they got into a 14 to nothing hole last week to Jacksonville. It was at home. Uh, I thought it was interesting earlier this week, Jalen Hurts, uh, when he was asked uh, about the game, and he kind of took exception to the fact that no, none of the reporters there in Philadelphia asked him specifically questions yeah. about the Cardinals. That that there's a couple of things there. It, it speaks to this guy's character and his mindset, yep. um, and why they are four and zero, and why he is performing at, at such a high level. But this this is going to be a a big time challenge for the Cardinals and. At some point, now you're in week five. At, at some point, you got to stand up and you're at home. And I know the struggles they've had at home, but you got to stand up and you got to you got to draw the line in the sand and stand up and hold your ground. Yes, no, you're bottom mean, line. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Listen, um, right now, you know what I'd love to do, Mal. What do you say you give me a digital download from my cloud account? Yeah, just kind of, oh, there we go, indeed. Look, everybody, it's Talaka. Um, Okay, cards, keys to the game. I, I already did this, so I'm going to go over that quickly, and then I'm going to jump into it. We're just going to do it on a fast pace. We're going to get a fast start. We're not going to do this slow. Fast start, let's go. Okay, here we go, Mal, right here. Um, cards, keys to the game. Number one, start fast. Be ready to play. Change your routine, whatever that may be. Start fast. Get yourself ready to go. This is something you got to talk about in the locker room. Hey, listen, we have had a hard time offensively, defensively, and in transition coming out of the gate. Ready to go. Start fast, man. Be ready to play. And if that means changing your routine, so be it. Do it. That's number one. <laughs> it's so innate. Number two, of course, run the ball well, especially out of 11 personnel. Run the ball. 
because I promise you right now, the Eagles are going to go ahead and give you the opportunity to run the ball because their offense, they feel really good about their offense scoring points. So they're going to play coverage, especially against Kyler Murray and this offense. They'll do that. Run the ball. That's number two. Number three, stay balanced. Stay balanced, even if you get down in the game, even if it's in the second half. Now, obviously, at some point in time, if it's late in the fourth quarter and you're down by two, you're in trouble. But you got to stay balanced offensively, even if you're down in the game. But you know what, for me, Kay, I look at this matchup right now, and anybody that knows me, you know I despise predictions. The game is, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? What is your name? I don't know, but I love this chick. Um, listen, the game is not trending well for the Cardinals right now. I don't like predictions, as I said, I bleed big red, but this game doesn't look good for my cards based on how they've played this season. The Eagles are on a roll. Not only are they the only undefeated team in the league, but their offense is executing at a high level, and their defense has been Jason meets Freddy Krueger, if you know what I mean. It has been nasty. The Cardinals haven't one at home in almost a year. We're <laughs> it's so innate, is it not? Let that sink in for a minute. They haven't played well at home. They haven't played well offensively, but they haven't won at home in a year. And the Eagles have players, man. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. Look, everybody, it's Darius Slay. James Bradbury, Fletcher Cox, future Hall of Famer, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. I mean, they're loaded. Josh Sweat went to the Pro Bowl last year for the Eagles. Josh Sweat, and nobody talks. Nobody talks about Josh Sweat. Listen, it doesn't mean the Cardinals can't win. They can. It just means they need to prove it. And is there, is there, is there ever anything wrong with having to prove it, Basinonians? I don't think so. Show me a football player that doesn't think he has to prove his worth every game. And I'll show you a football player that plays like he doesn't need to prove his worth every game. And that stinks. Prove it, man. Don't be afraid of proving it. Prove it. Just do it. Yeah, one game, week five, does not mean everything, but it means something. And you can certainly alter the trajectory of your season with a <laughs> What'd you say, Kay? What? <laughs> la, 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 la. Yes. La, 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 la. Okay, that check. <laughs> All right. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We're going to keep it in the football world. And, uh, well, they tried to keep it in the football world. Thursday Night Football got all kinds of attention, but for all the wrong reasons last night. And for a guy who's always able to find beauty in the struggle, even even our boy, Will 
Wolf. Struggle to find anything beautiful about this one. We will discuss it next. It's a Football Friday. Carey sitting in with Wolf on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Football Friday rolling here on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. K-Ray sitting in for uh, the vacationing Luke with my guy Wolf. Football Friday fittingly talking a whole lot of football. And uh, Football Friday following up a perhaps the the ugliest Thursday night football telecast uh ever witnessed. I, I'm, I'm happy to say I did not witness it. <laughs> I was at an event last night. I was following it on Twitter on, on my uh, score app. Uh, it was as ugly on the app as it was clearly on TV. Uh, but you're a guy, Wolf, who, who's always been able to, you know, to, to look at the simplicity of things, look beyond, you know, numbers and look beyond Especially in today's sports, you know, f- fans want the excitement stuff. You you always can, you know, peel away the layer of the onion and and find the beauty. Yeah, you last, know, for last me, night, yeah, not so much. Huh? No, I know. Okay, <laughs> uh, it blew me away. As a matter of fact, um, the thought crossed my mind. Uh, stop watching this. <laughs> Has I can tell you, I know. No. I was going to say, has that ever occurred at any point in your, you know, playing or broadcast career where you've watched a game and I've, said, I, I have to stop watching this? Yeah, you know, at some, <laughs> I, I actually said in the past, I've said, man, this is bad. This is some bad ball right here. And um, I said that, yes, about even watching the Cardinals play at some point in time. And I know bad ball because I played for teams <laughs> that went out there and played some bad ball, including myself. So, again, I'm not sitting here on this seat of judgment judging anybody because I played bad ball for 10 years in my career from time to time. But um, never saying just turn it off. Just this is this is bad. Um, And so much of that had to do with these two quarterbacks. I thought Matt Ryan was going to be great in Indianapolis. Are you kidding me? You're going to take this offense with this offensive line. And I know the Colts offensive line is all banged up. But still, you're going to take this offensive line. Great rushing attack. With with this great rushing attack. And you're going to have Matt Ryan in that offense right there with some capable receivers. And you're going to run play action. You're going to attack the line. And it it just has not come together for the Indianapolis Colts offensively, let alone for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, which I thought were Super Bowl caliber. I did. I thought that offense was going to be off the charts. Now, listen, can I just say it still may be at some point in time this season. But Russell Wilson doesn't look like Russell Wilson. And I don't know what else to say than 
Um, it's stunning to watch it because I don't know where this is going to go for the Broncos. Yeah, and last play aside, and again, I didn't watch the entire game, but I've watched enough of the highlights and a recap and, and you know reading reports on it. But the last throw aside, it, it was it was the other decisions. Uh, so you've got that game. Then you look at the, the three prior games. Uh, I saw a number last night. I think he is 2 of 13 on throws to the end zone when they're in the red zone. <laughs> 2 of 13. That's pretty bad. That's dead last in the NFL. Yeah. And their red zone scoring is also down near the bottom. Um, and the problem here, Wolf, is you've got a veteran quarterback who is struggling, and you've got a rookie head coach who is clearly overwhelmed we, we talk about the, the speed of the game for players. Mm-hmm. Same applies for coaches. And I know you guys talked about it with Cliff in his first year. I, I, I would love to be in some of these interviews and sit and listen to some of the questions posed to these guys who are going to be first-time NFL head coaches yeah. and think that they can also shoulder the burden of being a play caller. Like, are you really ready for it? You know, do do you have the mental aptitude for it to move that quickly, to make adjustments on the fly that quickly, get the play in, the right play? What are you saying? Do you think that maybe the Broncos' ownership didn't ask Nathaniel Hackett that question? Is that what you're saying? I, what one, one would wonder, and when you've got a guy <laughs> like a John Elway who's played it and seen it at a high level— it's you know it's another topic for another day, but you you ask yourself how do some of these guys get these jobs, or yeah. or, or how how do they not have the ability to say I want to bring in an OC, you know we'll be co OC, and I know he's got somebody there you know kind of providing his eyes, but you are costing yourself. Speaking of Nathaniel Hackett, you are costing your team, and then your quarterback is compounding those issues with his decision-making, poor decision-making, and poor play. Yeah. No, man, it's... I don't know what to say about it, Kevin. I really don't. I do know that the Indianapolis Colts, I think, are going to be better as the season goes along. I do believe still, even now, even now, I believe the talent around Russell Wilson... The the Denver Broncos are going to be better going forward, right? Just look around him. I mean, he's, he's, there, there's all sorts of talent around this guy. What 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 is going? He's going to get it at some point in time. Um, man, you know, even the fourth and one. Everyone's talking about the fourth and one last night, and and I get it. I understand that was that was crucial right there. The fourth and one, and you're talking about why didn't you just run it? I I agree with that sentiment, yet at the same time, you're talking about a guy you paid two hundred and what? Forty million? Two hundred and fifty? Whoa. You're t- you paid a guy millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. And now all of a sudden, what, you're you're gonna run it again on a fourth and one? You already did that once. Yeah. You already went ahead and tried to put it in your kicker's hands, right? Well you're gonna say you 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 can't tell me that Nathaniel Hackett's decision making wasn't influenced by oh, I know it's yeah. a different scenario, but you know 
He's playing those, those questions back in his Great mind. Point. I've got the $240 million quarterback. It's a chip shot. We could tie, you know, all these things. So it was that decision, the decisions leading up to that. And here, this might be the biggest challenge moving forward, Wolf. And that's not on the field for Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know this better than anybody. It's that locker room. Yeah. Because when, 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 <laughs> when, when you make some of the, the comments and even that last clip, like, are you getting paid every time you say, Broncos country, let's ride? Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. People have talked about Russ being robotic, but you, you know, you mentioned I've got to play better. Read the room. You, you ju- yeah. You just stunk it up and you feel the need like Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. I mean, yeah, he, it, well, it's not a saying, subway commercial. That, was, that was the only thing away. I thought. I thought he was going to pull out a subway sandwich, like from beyond the podium, and hold it up. At least I got this to you know tip me through the night. I got a great uh, steak subway sub. <laughs> Bad. Well, here's Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football oh, this was, today. This is gold. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP. Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, we'll find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him. They grew up with him. He's their guy. None of that. You know, I, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rogers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say, no, we're not talking. Why? It, it, because you think you're that cool, and you're that famous, and you're that amazing, and everything is so perfect. That does not work in a locker room unless you are really good or really, really good guy. It's just doesn't work. 245 million bucks, that can come unraveled fast. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're missing throws like that and you're putting up nine points in a nationally televised game. Um, look out. This could come off the rails. It could. Kyle Brand with a flamethrower. <laughs> missing throws. That's the problem. May not be wrong. All right, as we continue here on a Friday, K-Ray sitting in for Luke with uh, 98.7 FM. What can we expect from Cam Johnson if Jay Crowder does indeed get traded? We're transitioning to the hardwoods on the other side. Right now. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. Happy Friday to you, Football Friday, talking some hoops on a Friday. K-Ray sitting in for Luke with my guy Wolf on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. We'll uh, we'll be talking more Cardinals, Eagles coming up a little later on. But right now, back to the hardwoods and talking about one of the other subjects leading into this season for the Suns, Wolf, and that is Cam Johnson uh, being... Uh, elevated to the starter's role and 
Jay Crowder, um, as of right now, uh, remains out as the team continues to explore trade options. And can I just jump in here, Gary, yeah, just for a second? Do. And you know the Jay Crowder thing, especially right now. This is one of my favorite guys. Okay, I, I love Jay Crowder. His intensity, of course, his aggressiveness, the physicality that he brought to the floor. I, I seriously, Jay Crowder, one of my favorite guys because of that. Where do you stand on this whole situation with Jay Crowder? Because again, uh, Cam Johnson now. In this starting lineup, and most people, and I think rightfully so, agree, it's because Jay Crowder is no longer a starter and didn't get a contract extension that he's upset with the Suns. Yeah, and and you said it best, and I said this on the telecast the other night with EJ um, because I, you know, we we didn't want to avoid kind of the the elephant in the room, if you will. Uh, I, I'm a huge Jay Crowder fan. Love Bossman '99. I, I love what he has meant to this team, what he brings to this team. I don't want to talk about him in past tense just yet, yeah. even though he hasn't been you know, in training camp. Um, I will say this first, that it's, it's unfortunate, based on everything that I know, that Jay, and Jay is not alone, we see this with, with older athletes all the time, but he's 32. When you are presented the options, the best options for the team, because yeah. you're supposed to be a team guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. And and you refuse to accept those options. And I, I understand that, but as a player, then you have to understand what the next options will be for the team. And then also, in the bigger picture, understand that your situation might be even Worse, if if you find yourself out of here, I, I look at all this team has built, the chemistry, the success. I look at the facilities, the fans, you know, the where we live, all those things. And and Jay has was was part of something for really the first time in his career where he felt, you know, he was in a stable situation. And I get how kind of jarring that could be for a guy. But we talk about reading the room and understanding kind of the situation. That's the only thing that's that's disappointing for me is that if Jay, and I'm not spoken to him or his resident, but, but if he believes that the scenario and situation is going to be any different yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that Eddie Johnson was on with Bickley and Murata Wednesday morning and said Jay Crowder likely thinks he's better than we do. Uh, he's a polarizing player, uh, and so you want to get that separation and, and let him go. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, sometimes it's not always brighter at the other end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. I know Jay has had success without a doubt uh, playing and playing for winning teams and being a major part. And he probably views himself differently than maybe the rest of us do. Yeah, and look, I mean, my, my guy EJ, he's like you, Wolf. He's, he's been in locker rooms. He's seen virtually every yeah. scenario. Uh, he and, and he talks to guys on the regular because of his NBA radio show. Um, so I... I, I 
I trust my eyes and ears, but I really trust yeah. his eyes and ears. Yeah, and no, I, it's it's unfortunate because like if I just want to go, dude, accept this role because you know this things happen. Yeah, I know that right now you're being told there's no extension, yeah. that you're not going to start, and you're probably not going to finish games. But guess what? Things happen. Guys struggle. Guys get hurt, and you're going to force your way out to. A, a, another new team in another new city and, and think and believe you're going to play for a coach like Monty Williams and play with great teammates like Chris Paul, like Devin Booker, yes. like Mikhail Bridges. Man, that's... <laughs> I know that's a hard thing for me to accept because I always thought he was a team guy. I yeah. always thought that he was. And I, and I do and, believe that he is. It's just for this moment, he is blinded, as EJ said, by what... He believes he is at 32 years of age. This is not Jay Crowder at 27, 28, even 29. Can I, can I just say, though, okay, um, one of the things I do wonder about my guy that I love, Jay Crowder, I love the way he goes about his business and how he competes once again. But four teams in the last five years, okay? You know, I, okay, what's up with that? Because we all know he's got a little edge to him. And that's one of the reasons why I really like Jay Crowder. Right. Because he plays with a little edge as well. And he's not afraid to actually front somebody up and say, you know what? Hey, listen, I'm going to compete. I'm, I'm not going to back down to you. I don't care who you are. I'm going to compete. That's what I'm going to do. I love that. I just wonder how far that goes off the floor as well and into the locker room. I, I'm just saying, I don't know, but I do know you're talking about a guy that has been on four teams in five years, and I'm wondering why that is. He's never stayed with a team more than three years. Right. So I'm just wondering if Jay can actually get a little edgy and if Jay can grind on somebody from time to time. Well, just, yeah, you, you, you begin to, you know, those, those threads begin to fray a little bit when, when, you have that edge. Now, having said that, if when people ask me about, okay, so what are the things that you that you're looking at this year or are concerned by? The, the one thing that I will say openly is who will step into that role of having that edge. Yeah. The, the loss of Jay and a JaVale McGee yeah. should not be diminished. And Luke talks you, about this all the time. You you cannot fabricate that. You you, you know, you 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 mentioned it's like you either got it, you got that stuff dripping out of your ears, or you don't. Yep. You can't be something that you're not. So for me, I'm going to be looking with great interest and broadcasting with great interest. Who's going to step into that role? I, I just want to bring this up quickly. Yep. It's Jay Crowder. Do you think it's a fait accompli? You think it's done? You think it's over? Or is there a chance? And I'm glad you said that because I do think that there is a chance. <laughs> Small one, but a chance. Small one, but a chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Who's more likely to have a bigger game when the Cardinals take on the Eagles on Sunday? Big NFC matchup. <laughs> Got some great storylines. Zach Ertz or Hassan Reddick squaring off against their former teammates, their former club. We'll get into all of that next on a Football Friday, Arizona Sports 98.7 FM.